Hey, are you looking to buy a new car? Are you stuck in a high-rate loan and looking to refinance? Well, UK Federal Credit Union can help. Right now, UK Federal Credit Union has auto loan rates as low as 2.99% APR. Apply for an auto loan online at UKFCU.org or in person at the dealership. Get your dream car today at UK Federal Credit Union. UK Federal Credit Union. It's banking only better. Annual percentage rate, member qualification supply, rate of subject credit approval, subject change. For full disclosure, visit UKFCU.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome into episode 88 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, we got some news, baby. We got something to talk about. How the heck are you? You all can thank me for that because I literally posted – an episode of Kentucky Daily yesterday titled Things Are Quiet with the Kentucky Basketball Program, and five minutes later, things were no longer quiet. <laughs> so, <laughs> thing, that is almost things were too quiet, and that should have been an indicator that things yeah. were very much serious behind the scenes with the Kentucky Basketball Program. UK picks up a commitment and signature, not like it's a done deal, official. Kentucky picks up uh, Davidson guard. Uh, Davidson guard graduate transfer Kellen Grady uh, well-known sharpshooter been there for four years I'm going to run down his stats um, average 17.1 points and 4.6 rebounds per game career high 38.2 percent from three this past season um, I mean just the dude has if you're talking about consistency Sean we're talking about a guy that has not averaged less than 17 points per game his entire four-year career at Davidson 2002 career points sixth player in program history to reach that milestone uh, 240 career three-pointers 21 career games with at least four three-pointers made in a single game uh, 58 three-pointers made this past season on 152 total attempts Sean Kentucky gets its sharpshooter sure certainly does I mean it's priority number one as soon as he went into the portal, I think I said it, that he instantly became the one guy that you wanted to go get just because of the numbers that he's put up for four years. Played against Kentucky his freshman year in the NCAA tournament. I think he had 14 or 16 that game, somewhere through there. 16 and five, something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, and he plays in a system that you know he's going to be able to translate and play really well offensively where Kentucky shoots the ball well, uh, 6'5 length. It's not like you're getting a 6'1", 6'2 guy. You're getting a guy who has 6'5 length. Um, Big-time deal for Cal, big-time deal for Kentucky. And, and Jack, too, the, the more important thing for me when I look at this is, you know, we've talked all about, you know, modern basketball and if, if Cal should change his philosophy, whether it be on the floor or whether it just be – in recruiting or the guys that he puts on the floor. And I've spent a ton of time saying the last few weeks that I'm not as I'm not as concerned with Cal doing things differently offensively as long as he has better skill set guys on the floor. This takes care of that. This is step one. Now you need more, but for that to be priority number one tells me that maybe just maybe Cal has learned something from his recent struggles 
in the way Kentucky has shot the ball in the past because now what you have is just from the guys that we know are going to come back, you have a, a backcourt to where you could have Dante Allen and Kellen Grady on the perimeter at the same time with Oscar Shubway, a guy who can dominate on the block. You're already seeing benefits of spacing happening just by having those two guys on your roster. Now what happens is who's next? We talked about the last two shows, I believe, the possibility of Cal completely revamping his recruiting efforts to kind of shift away from that those fringe five-star – low end five stars that might think that they're one and done talents that might not be ready to call themselves multi-year players kind of cut those guys out completely. If you're Cal, you go only after the top five, the guarantees that you know, there can't miss guys, the Cade Cunningham's of the world. Uh, and then that next tier, you just hit, hit the grad transfer portal uh, or just, just the transfer market as a whole, hit that hard, fill the roster with those, you know, you'd rather take, the unknown of a 23, 24-year-old grad transfer, a guy from a Davidson or something like that, than a 30th-ranked overall recruit that doesn't know who he is yet that is also 17, 18 years old. This is the perfect example of, you know, even like an Olivier Saar last year who didn't have, um, you know, didn't have the season that we all kind of hoped that he could have going into it. But were you going to take, you know, I would rather take that, guarantee I guess you could say of what Olivier Saar was going to be you knew what he was going to bring you know you knew he's going to bring you some offense you knew he's going to rebound the ball just a little bit you, you knew what he was going to bring going into it as opposed to uh, uh you remember like a Frank Anslem or one of those other guys that were kind of at the bottom of the the recruiting rankings for K Kentucky that they were going after and you know you, you want to go after the 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 known commodity, known commodities, guys that have proven themselves at the collegiate level. And this is exactly what they did with Kellen Grady. This is a guy that, uh, I mean, he's just been around there. You're talking about the, just the epitome of consistency. That, that's exactly who, who we needed to come into the program. And Sean, you, you bring up what's next. I think it's even more fascinating that just today we found out that Kentucky has reached out to uh, um, Tamar Bates, uh, 2021 four-star shooting guard originally signed his letter of intent with Texas. Jay Lucas was his lead recruiter. Uh, when Sh Shaka Smart left for Marquette, uh, he decided to back out of his commitment. Kentucky reaches out to him, and he's a, he's kind of one of those guys that we said not in that you know fringe five-star status. He's kind of in that 40 to 50 range. But he's a shooter. He's a scorer. He averaged 21 points per game. I think five rebounds, four assists. Um, average like 44% from three, 58% from the field, 88% from the free throw line overall. Uh, his last season in, in Kansas before taking the move to, to IMG Academy this past year, uh, fans that want to watch him, he's going to be on the Geico Nationals this week. He's going to be on ESPN2 or ESPNU, I believe, Thursday at noon. So, I mean, it, we're, it just feels like Cal has – is slowly shifting his recruiting interests and, and the guys he's he's going after. And he's not slowing down anytime soon. We just got that news of, of, of Tamar Bates getting um, contacted with by, I believe, Jay Lucas. Um, there's Justin Powell that's still out there, the Auburn transfer. I mean, there's, there's still so many names that are on the table for Kentucky. And it, it just, it feels like that, that Cal is still very much interested in adding at least one, maybe even two names. Yeah. I, 
that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out now is, is it another guy on the transfer portal? And then do they take a high school kid as well? And I, and I could see that being part of it. Jack, I still, I don't know why I feel this way, but I'm, I'm not dead set on all the guys coming back that have said yeah. that they're coming back. I'm just kind of just patiently waiting and looking at it because if they add more backcourt pieces, and that's where I think they're going to add pieces. I don't necessarily think – like, we still don't know what's going to happen with Keon Brooks. Like, what's what happens there? Does he stay? Does he go? We, we don't know. It's been quiet there as well. But even – let's say Keon doesn't end up at Kentucky next year. I don't necessarily think they'll add a front court piece because I think that they're going to like what they have with Damian Collins and Jacob Toppin and Oscar Shoeboy, Lance Ware. The backcourt, though, I can see getting very crowded. And that's the the area that I'm watching right now when you're talking. If Davion Mintz does come back, uh, it, it was so quiet though that it. You're right. When we opened the show, it just it felt like it was so quiet that you knew something was going on. Yeah. And that's the thing, Jack. What has John Calipari and his staff been doing for the last two weeks? Obviously, they were doing something and staying on top of it because Kellen Grady didn't just commit. It wasn't a commitment. It was a signed press release. That never happens. Yeah. Some some one of us gets word from someone that something's happening. But now that's twice. Think of Nolan Hickman's situation last fall, last fall last summer. We didn't know anything about Nolan Hickman until what twelve hours before he announced. And next yep. thing you know, he's committed, and everything the next morning. This was this was even more quiet. So I guess what I'd say. John Calipari has shown in the last few hours or last day or so, he can still wreak a lot of havoc when he wants to, Jack. And I think that's the big thing that I take away from it is Calipari and Kentucky kind of, kind of quietly doing this behind the scenes. We don't really know what this roster is going to look like. Also, what would you make of the dudes playing basketball at the park yesterday in the video? And Isaiah Jackson's out there still in Lexington going full go with them. I don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I highly doubt that he would be willing to pass up on that opportunity. But it does it does make you wonder why is he here? And you just very very intriguing. And I'm trying to find a list that I believe two four seven Sports put up a list of all of the players that uh, UK has reached out to. I know um, Tamar Bates, uh, Ty Ty Washington was another name. Um, the Missouri transfer, uh, I mean, Mason Faulkner was one Mason Faulkner, uh, I mean, just Marcus Carr at Minnesota. There are so many names that, that, that Cal and his staff are still reaching out to. And I mean, Justin Powell is a guy that people have kind of penciled in as a, like, may, you know, maybe not a guarantee that he's coming to Kentucky, but that he, that UK is a very, very, very strong contender for him. It's just, it, it doesn't feel like they're going to get now. It doesn't feel like they're going to get Powell. It feels like they're going to get one of Powell or Davion Mintz coming back. Yeah. It feels like they're looking for that stable force at that position. And, and that's the thing. Like, of the two decisions that are left to be made, obviously three, we, we expect Olivier Saar to pursue the pro route. Because, I mean, I forget that he still hasn't said anything. But Cal did say it on the radio show, his last one, that, you know, that was pretty much the plan. But when it comes down to decisions here, you've got Davion Mintz and you have Keon Brooks who have not said anything. Of the two, 
Mintz is the one that, to me, that impacts the roster more than Keon does. Not saying that Keon would not be a, a good fit and would help next season, but it just feels like if they don't get Mintz, then obviously the focus will go to the backcourt. If they do retain Mintz, I still think the focus goes to the backcourt, whether it be the portal or what it is. If they take a freshman, though, I will say this. If they take a freshman, I think that it, it's more of a project type thing than it is for instant help on next year's roster. That's why I think the communication might be clear from the top. If they go portal, it's instant help in the backcourt. That's how I'm looking at it. Do, do they feel that I could see them filling out this roster with two more guards, mm-hmm. maybe a point guard and a wing. And I think it is pretty interesting that Kyle Tucker of the athletic put out um, after the commitment of, of Kellen Grady yesterday, somebody said, does, what does this mean for um, um, what does this mean for Davion Mintz? And he said, I think there's a very solid chance yeah. that UK has both Davion Mintz and Kellen Grady uh, in the fold. And I think and, indirectly i think that does mean something for justin powell it, it just it, it just feels like if that would have happened it, he it would have we've already we would have already known that he was just waiting on that sec inter interconference rule to be lifted it feels like we would have gotten something uh just kind of indicating that he was locked in just waiting to, to find out the results of that so it, it just it, it yeah you're right it does feel like we're just waiting on Davion Mintz to confirm that he's coming back, which would be just massive news for UK and kind of if, should he decide to leave, then UK goes all in on, it just feels like an either or situation, not a both. And that they are looking for that third piece to add to the puzzle. And I think it is interesting. Travis Graff called me late last night uh, and kind of tipped me off that this, that this Kadari Richmond guy out of Syracuse, was a, a name to watch out for, said that, uh, you know, very high on him. I watched a bunch of film on him late last night and early this morning, kind of waiting for him to officially announce that he's entering the transfer portal. Big-time potential, kind of that Tyreek Evans mold. Uh, Travis said that he kind of had some comparisons to Shea Gildas-Alexander, kind of that that slithery, almost honestly kind of feels like what Terrence Clark was supposed to be, to be totally honest, or what he could be at the end of the day. He kind of feels like a more advanced version of Terrence Clark at the collegiate, at the collegiate level, uh, which that could be another uh, name to watch out for on, on top of all this. So it just, it, it just feels like something's got to give here. There's so many names that UK is reaching out to, or at least expressing interest through back channels or other players are Travis told me that this, that there was interest on, uh, Kadari Richmond's side potentially being interested in Kentucky, which if you're Kentucky, why in the world would you not explore that possibility? Well, it just feels like something's got to give at some point. And you're talking about things that have to give. Here's a couple of things that I want to point out to. So we've had four guys, whether it be parents say that they're going to return or they've said it pretty much just saying yes or yeah on Instagram. I mean, we, we've got a, a yeah from Jacob Toppin and a yeah from uh, Lance Ware on Instagram. And then you spoke with Devin Askew's dad, and yep. he said that, you know, that sophomore year is the plan. Obviously, the same thing with Dante Allen with the Falmouth Outlook a few weeks ago. But here's the thing I want everybody to pay attention to. We got a press release last year when Keon Brooks decided he was coming back. Keon Brooks did not even enter the NBA draft. And we got a press release with a written quote from Cal. We have got no press releases right now when it comes to those four. And the reason why, Jack, is I don't think this roster's set. And I'm just 
throwing that out there because let's just talk about this backcourt. So you got Nolan Hickman coming in. You got Devin Askey returning. You got Dante Allen returning. They have Kellen Grady. What happens with Davion Mintz and do they add another piece? That's six dudes in the backcourt. I could see a situation where someone, if if it unfolds, does someone want to be there? I mean, you can say it now, but I want to know what it looks like in May. And that's the thing that I'm kind of just paying attention to is, like, how do they fill this out? Not saying they're going to run someone out of town, but does someone decide to say, okay, when when I thought about I was going to be here, now there's five other dudes here, where do I fit? And that could be at any position. And I'm just – that's just a scenario that I'm throwing out there because with the NBA draft and stuff, talking about July, and then being able to pull your name out of the draft in early July, this thing with the transfer portal could go on for months now, all the way through the spring and into the summer. Rosters not, might not be set till July. It, it almost feels like we're getting players locked in on their end right now yep. yep but is calipari locked into those players yep i think that is kind of the elephant in the room right now i i, I keep going i keep going back to that jimmy dykes quote in that game that that he game where that. he said that cal was not satisfied with the way his roster was was laid out right now and that he was very serious about a complete overhaul said that we could see as many as seven to eight new names on the roster next season. Now we already have Kellen Grady, Dave, uh, Damian Collins, um, Bryce Hopkins, Nolan Hickman, Oscar Sheboy. There's five. Yep. So if we're if only Mince, two, if Mince does it, if Mince comes back, I still think that they'll add two more. If Mince does not come back, I could see three more. I don't think this is going to be a situation where Cal just leaves roster spots. You know, there's been a lot of talk and stuff over his time at Kentucky. Why don't you fill your roster with scholarship players? I think with the transfer portal, he will fill it with roster with with roster spots on scholarship. I just think that that's a move you got to make. You cannot go into a year like this year at point guard. It should have never got to that point to where you and we know this right they didn't feel they were concerned about Devin Askew leading the pack that's why they went and got Davion Mintz now is Davion Mintz going to be the point guard next year if he comes back or is it going to be Nolan Hickman but I I like the options that you have when you have a Kellen Grady you have a Dante Allen you have guys that can stroke it at the two three and that's the thing that I'm wanting to see change the most Jack I don't want to see at any point next year. I've said this, and I'll say it until the season starts. I do not want to see John Calipari at any point in any game go to three bigs. Do not stick a forward at that three spot that cannot spread the floor and shoot the basketball. You can get away with it at the four if they can face up and make some plays off the bounce, put it on the deck. But do not put a Keon Brooks, Jacob Toppin lineup three, four. Put a Dante Allen at the three. Put a push a Kellen Grady to the three. Move a Mintz to the two with a Nolan Hickman. Do something like that. That's, that's your, the change that I'm looking for. That's your answer right there. I th- I think Kellen Grady. Uh, I saw. I believe. I can't remember who. Uh, I think David Sisk maybe had a quote with uh, maybe an anonymous coach that coached against uh, Kellen Grady that said that he would he would fit in very nicely at at the two at Kentucky, but. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm all in with putting him at the three, uh, going the two point guard lineup or 
Davion Mintz being a point guard, uh, you know, combo guard, what, however you want to officially classify him as. But And then whoever you get at that point guard position, whether it's Justin Powell, whether you believe in Devin Askew to run, you know, run the ship next season and you believe in his development for next year. Um, I mean, all these other names that they're going after right now, I think that's, I think that's the answer or that, you know, even that, that Kadari, uh, Kadari Richmond out of Syracuse. I mean, the, all those names, it feels like there's, they're waiting for that one premier point guard position, but when they finally add them, I think it's going to slide Kellen Grady over to the three. It's going to slide Davion Mintz should he return over the two and then give you that three guard lineup, but more of a traditional that traditional approach that I think Cal is what, what he's actually looking for. And, and then you go – then it becomes putting pieces around those guys that come in and have a role. And that's where I'm thinking that he's going to look at the portal when it comes to go identify – you can identify a role in the portal better than you can via high school because you've seen it on display in college basketball. You know what these guys can do. And two, I've said this for the last few weeks – I like the portal better than I like the high school route because you get away from the AAU game. Mm-hmm. You've got a kid in a killing grade. I shouldn't even say a kid. I mean, he's, he's a grown ass man. Pretty much your age. Yeah. Like he's, that's the thing. Like he's been there four years. He's played in a system. He scored 2,000 points. Played for that's going to translate. That's going to transfer to Kentucky. He's, I mean, we're talking 17 points a game at least every single season he has played multiple, multiple games of 20-plus points. But listen to this. Derek Terry sent me this this morning. We've talked about it a lot. Of the guys that we know that have said they're coming back and guys coming in, Kentucky has one composite five-star. Wow. And it's Damian Collins. The rest are fours. And then get this. When it comes to ranking, composite ranking, Collins is 11. The next highest-rated composite player on this roster as it stands is Bryce Hopkins at 27. Sheesh. I don't I don't ever remember a time, Jack, in the Calipari era where and that that's the thing. Like it could just be one composite five, depending on because you're not gonna go, I don't think you're gonna go grab a five right now in high school, a five star. But you know, who goes in the portal the next few weeks? But when you look at this roster going down the list, Collins at eleven, Hopkins twenty seven, Shoeboy thirty one, Askew thirty two, Hickman thirty one, Lance Ware thirty nine. Kellen Grady was 95, Dante Allen 111, and Jacob Toppin didn't even have a composite ranking. Like, it's just – when you look at that, this roster is constructed already entirely different than any Kentucky roster we've ever seen. This is what Kentucky fans begged for. They I mean, begged is, for it. This is literally – you wanted multi-year guys that would develop in the system, not looking for the NBA ranks. You tell me any of these guys on this list right now are – actively going up NBA it's a one-stop shop I'm I'm not going anywhere but the NBA after one year Damian Collins may be the closest that that we have yeah and I could honestly see a a point here where does Cal start Damian Collins if if he commits to this whole switch of playing with skill set guys uh who does he start there I I would love now that's the thing if you add if Kellen Grady's on your roster and you have another shooter on the perimeter, and you have a point guard who is capable of knocking down shots, you can play Damian Collins and Oscar Shoeboy together. But if you put Jacob Toppin at the three, you cannot play Damian Collins, Jacob Toppin, Oscar Shoeboy together. That's, that does not work. So I could see a scenario, Jack, where you could have them together some, but you could also have just Collins on the floor or Shoeboy on the floor. 
when you add shooters to the mold and to the piece, it changes everything because then you've got spacing. You can do some things. It helps shoe boy in the post. And when you have two guys like Dante Allen, and we don't know exactly what his role is going to be, but from what we saw when they would run action for him, he could, he could light it up. You got him that you can run action for, and now you have Kellen Grady. You know how much stress that puts on a defense? And you know what else that does too? It, add, it adds to your offensive rebounding because you've got dudes flying everywhere, and that's where Shubway, Damian Collins, Bryce Hopkins, all these pieces, Jacob Toppin, if Keon Brooks, whoever it is, that's where they thrive too because then you just crash the boards, and then you get those typical Kentucky teams that just dominate the offensive glass. Well, that's because you're putting so much attention on the on the three point threat, and that's what we said last week on this show when we were trying to you know kind of decipher who UK was going to reach out to. We were saying the, the the reason why there was so much stress on Dante Allen when he came in the game is as soon as he checked in, everybody said, "Ah, there's the shooter." Point, point the finger at him. He's going – as soon as he catches the ball, he's going to shoot it. Double team him. Make sure whatever you do, do not let him get the ball. There was only one of them on the floor that could do what Dante Allen did so that they were able to, to phase him out of the game and kind of say, all right, we're going to put our, our best on-ball defender on him, you know, cover him like a gnat. Do not let him out of your sight. And then play four-on-four four the rest of the court. And, and UK didn't have the, the playmakers to – and they didn't have a post option either. They, they didn't none. have anyone that they could really – now, Isaiah Jackson improved significantly as the year went on, but was really good in face-up situations from 15 feet. But as far as back to the basket big, they didn't have anybody that could just dominate the low block like they've had in the past. You got attention to shooters. You could post Shoeboy, and then you get him space. Are you going to run a double team at him with Kellen Grady, Dante Allen on the perimeter? Probably not. You're going to have to be very – schematic about it because obviously you can't just double off somebody and then leave Dante Allen or Kellen Gregory or somebody scrambling Davion Mintz. If you give me a lineup next year that has Davion Mintz, Kellen Grady, Dante Allen at any point in time, mm. just three dudes who can, who can shoot it. You're talking how, – how many threes did we see Dante hit in transition in those two games? A lot. There were, I know a, a few. Like Davion Mintz was lethal in transition. And then you got Kellen Grady – who has been a he when you look up consistent in the dictionary, Kellen Grady's picture should be right beside <laughs> it because it has been spot on consistent for four years at Davidson, has played in the NCAA tournament. And before anybody gives me any BS about Davidson, don't be a fool and forget who played at Davidson. Greatest shooter of all time. <laughs> so don't give me all this. Don't I don't want to hear any of this BS where people are like we're talking about a kid from Davidson. Hush, because there's <laughs> there's something there that shows that you're wrong. And this kid is good. This kid, as soon as he went into the portal, everyone was like, "That's the guy Kentucky has to get first. It wasn't Justin Powell. It wasn't someone else. You go get Kellen Grady, then you fill out other situations and kind of figure out who, who you want to get. And I think Kentucky already knows who this roster is going to be. I think Cal knew it a week ago. And I think some of these guys, Jack, maybe going to the portal knowing where they want to go. Kellen Grady, it took him a week. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I like the quote that he had with Kyle Tucker where Cal said that he, that he said that Cal called him every single day for a week until he signed. And that's encouraging. What okay? He's valuing let's, let's shooters. Just, let's just um, let's just not beat around the bush. We so there were rumblings over the last. 
there were there was a lot of t- talk behind the scenes over the last year and a half, two years, that Cal got complacent on the recruiting trail and that Kenny Payne on the recruiting trail was not as effective as he has been in the past. He was not the, the – usually UK has the dynamic one-two punch uh, of the closers in Kenny Payne and John, uh, and John Calipari. And we have heard very, you know, very consistently behind closed doors that he was not the ambitious fire under his butt recruiter that he had been in the past. And Kenny Payne kind of took a step back. Just, you know, they've been doing it for decades. I mean, of course you're going to get burned out every once in a while. Um, But, you know, the, the young guy, you know, Joel Justice was doing a fantastic job kind of getting their foot in the door, you know, recruiting the guys in, you know, two, three classes ahead. But then when it came time for closing, they didn't have that same effort. You know, it it was kind of, it was very telling that when Cade Cunningham became available, well, at least the door, the door was cracked open ever so slightly for him to not go to Oklahoma state. Obviously he ended up going there, but when it became apparent that he may be open to, to going to somewhere else, how that's what it took Cal to go. I believe I, I did the a breakdown of a trip by trip thing. I think he went on seven trips to go see Cade Cunningham in the span of a month or like a month and a half, two months, something like that. And that's, a, that's absurd. That's something that we, we saw him do very early on at Kentucky recruiting guys like John Wall and DeMarcus cousins. We haven't seen that level of consistent, all in, put your all eggs in one basket. I'm going to get your ass. We have not seen that level of consistent recruiting effort from Cal in, in the last couple of years. And it's obviously a good sign when you have a guy like Kellen Grady who had his option. I, I believe he chose UK over North Carolina, Virginia, had any, you know, he could have probably gone, like was in there. He could have gone anywhere he wanted to in the country. But Cal put on his recruiting hat again and said, you know what? I'm getting you on this roster, whether you like it or not. I'm going to be calling you every single day until you sign on the dotted line. And guess what happened? He got him to sign. And I think it's a great sign. I mean, we're just getting started. There are still so many other big name guys on the, in the transfer market. I, I talked to several people that said, look, we're just getting started. Uh, I mean, they're already, they've already broken a record for most transfers in, in a single year over well over a thousand. And the, real season hasn't even ended yet I mean the the final four is going to start next weekend so there are still so many big name players out there right now maybe be added to that uh you know added to that down the road so I mean Cal's gonna have his 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 fair shot to get whoever he wants and if he is as ambitious and eager as it sounds like he is recruiting guys like Kellen Grady I feel much more optimistic now than I did a month ago, five months ago, maybe even a year ago. Yeah, I, I do too. I really do. Just uh, that being option one and being in the fold now definitely is encouraging moving forward. However, they they piece this roster together. Uh, it's a different time now. We're we're seeing things. We're experiencing things that in college basketball we've never seen before. Uh, how many names go in the transfer portal? I said it at fourteen hundred the other day and according to Travis Branham, I think it's going to go beyond that by the time everything's said and done. I've, I've heard or seen 1700 as a possible number being thrown out. It's just so I mean, it, it's, it is. And a lot of guys that go into the portal, I think will re, will go back to the original school that they entered the portal from Yeah, just because where are all these guys going to go? You got to see, uh, do they fit in places? Do they have a room? 
to take on a lot of transfers. But, no, it, it is encouraging to see John Calipari kind of go out there, grab who I thought at the time is the best guy in the portal. I really do when it comes to what you need. Don't just go get the best guys. Go get what you need because that that actually comes down to it. I mean, look, you can go have you can have the best players, but if they can't do the if they can't do things and be successful in situations and shoot the basketball, Jack, it don't matter if you have all five star guards. If they can't shoot, what's it going to do? They're just going to pack the paint on you, and then you can't shoot it. This is already an upgrade. Not picking on BJ Boston, Terrence Clark, and the options they had. Kellen Grady is an upgrade already, and I never thought that we would say that. But he is a significant upgrade from what they had on the perimeter just two or three weeks ago. What have we said over the last three podcasts or so? Forget, you know, forget athleticism, length, you know, all the things that Cal's been going after in the past. You need to, I mean, and it's not even just go get the best shooter on the market. It's not even go get the best, you know, skill player on the market. It's go find the person that fits your program the best in the other pieces that you have coming back, the other players that you're bringing in on the, you know, in your upcoming recruiting class. you got to find what fits best with the other pieces on your roster because last year it was very clear that it was a bunch of individual talents that had no idea how to play together. They spent time in the summer, you know, working out together, uh, you know, BJ boss and Terrence Clark, Devin Askew working out in Southern California together. And the storyline was so great. And, you know, I had both parents, uh, you know, Cameron Fletcher's mom told me that she was going to send cam out to, um, LA to, to, to train with them. They said that Isaiah Jackson was thinking about it. Lance Ware was going to, but couldn't because of the code, like the, it, at one point, it seemed like every player in the recruiting class was going to be teaming up in Southern California. It's, it made for a great story and all that. But it's one thing to go get shots up with Darren Collison in Southern California versus having an actual five-on-five practice under John Calipari, learning the system, learning the plays, learning you know just what it's like to be a Kentucky basketball pro player, all those sorts of things. It's, it's night and day. And, and I'm not going to – write anyone and pencil anyone in on the roster until it's written out by UK that they're on the roster. I'm, I'm not because I don't want to because we don't have any confirmation right now, Jack. When UK says it, UK sends out a press release and it includes names or they send out a roster, that's when I'll believe everyone's on this roster. I want to see the end of the semester what it looks like with returning pieces. And things, but we had also heard months ago that there was a group of guys that John Calipari did not want to be, whether I, I should say, influenced, hindered, or poisoned by some things that were going on. Maybe the group that has already said that they're coming back, maybe that's the group that that we kind kind of heard that they were lacking as kind of a nucleus of core pieces. Because if you could give me Devin Askew, Dante Allen, Lance Ware, Jacob Toppin. I like those guys because I, I, I think they're all committed to the team. And I think you saw that a lot this year, especially with Lance, where he would go games where he wouldn't play, and then he would come in and ready, be ready to play 30 minutes if need be. Uh, Jacob Toppin, we obviously know that story and everything. And I think, honestly, as positively as we talked about him this year, it kind of showed why Kentucky wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. He wasn't supposed to be one of the guys we talked about. But yeah. he ended up being the guy we talked about a lot 
that wasn't a good thing. Yeah, it, it we we talked about this two-year plan for Cal after it became pretty clear that this team wasn't going to be the one that we thought it was going to be going into the season when BJ Boston and Terrence Clark weren't the guarantees that they should have been uh when Olivier Saar wasn't the guarantee that he should have been it became pretty clear that this was an NIT talent level team I still you know I think they could have added some more wins and you know the bad luck thing and all that they could have won the NIT they could have won the, they were a mem, you know Memphis won the NIT they were a Memphis level team um they also could have won some games in the NCAA tournament they they, they absolutely could have when when it became clear that we weren't at that point and this was a two-year plan, it, it almost did feel like Cal was going to get his select guys that he wanted to return, the core pieces, uh, and then let everything else fall into shape. And I feel like that's what we've gotten. I think he has said over and over and over again that Devin Askew works his absolute tail off. There's not another harder – there's not a harder-working player on the roster. Um, just constantly praises just his work ethic and, and how he never lets up. And, yeah, he's, he's a flawed basketball player right now. But, you know, he's always like that. You know, Lance Ware talks positively about him all the time, about how hard of a worker he is, Jacob Toppin oozes potential uh you, you know and then you know obviously Dante Allen is as a shooter and then just as a pure pure scorer he changed several games this year just with his shooting you like those four pieces like like you said I like those four pieces uh but I I I don't know it just it still does feel like we're not done yet it just feels like with how many people Cal is reaching out to and the staff is reaching out to it feels like something's got to give. He may like those four pieces right now, but what happens if big name five star recruit out of fill in the blank puts his name in the portal? That is a can't miss guy that was a dominant force in at the college level and wants to you know not good enough to be in the pros yet, but but good enough to to dominate at the college level this year. Do you say nah? I like the team that I have right now. The team that was one of the worst in Kentucky, you know, arguably the worst in Kentucky basketball history, or, you know, do you start fresh? It, it just, it just feels like there's so many more moving parts and pieces to keep track of that. It just feels like we're just getting started, Sean. Yeah. It's, it's nowhere near being complete. Um, I do think that we're kind of getting a clear path on some options According to Kyle, you know, saying that last night about Mints, I would think that Mints, I could see Mints being back. With the Powell situation, as long as it's been going on, Jack, and now the fact that they got Grady, I don't know. At one point, I thought Powell was kind of a lock. But the longer this goes on, I kind of feel like Powell won't be at Kentucky. And I, I don't know why. Maybe they just thought that there were better options out there yeah. than Justin Powell. So I wouldn't if they if Justin Powell does not end up at Kentucky, I don't want listeners of this show or fans to get caught up in disappointment because it it might work out. Yeah, there might be a better fit or better pieces out there that they like. And I mean, it certainly sounds like Kentucky's very interested mm -hmm. in a lot of guys right now. Mm -hmm. So that don't settle. Don't settle. Yes. We're if if Kentucky had decided to now. Justin Powell would be – I think Justin Powell would be good. He would certainly help. But imagine if Kentucky had settled. Do you get Kellen Grady then? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Don't settle. Look I, at all your options and see. This portal is changing daily. But here's the thing about it, too. There's names that we don't know in the portal yet, but you know who knows? Coaches know. Because mm-hmm. people talk. Oh, things get out this there. guy, this guy doesn't like where he's at. You got to monitor him. You got to, you know, friends of friends are always reaching out to, you know, low end managers who talk to assistants who, or, you know, talk straight up to assistants. I mean, there's, there are so many back channels and ways to get in contact with, with, if, if one player wants to go to one school, it's very clear that, I mean, shoot, that's how those rumors of, of Garrison Brooks being interested in, in Kentucky, uh, how, how those came about over the last couple of weeks where, you, you know, feelers are put out on one end and they, you know, through back channels reach the people that they need to be, you know, in, in contact with. And, and, you know, interest is either confirm or confirmed or denied. And, you know, that was one of those situations that, there didn't seem to be a lot of mutual interest on that one. Even if he was interested in coming to Kentucky, I, I still don't never understood that fit. It just didn't feel, feel like that he would have worked alongside Oscar Sheway. But I talked to a national guy two weeks ago, three, maybe even three weeks ago that said, you know, when, when the Justin Powell talk was really, really heating up and I was like, you know, what do you think about that fit for Kentucky? Do you think he's, he, he'd moved the needle much at all. He was like, man, I genuinely think by the end of it, you know, he's rated as the number two transfer on the market right now, or he, at least he was a couple weeks back uh, behind only Oscar Sheboy. I, I wrote a story on KSR. Oh, could Kentucky get the top two transfers on the market this offseason? All that uh, th- this national person said, I-, I don't even know if he'll be top five, top 10 in terms of available transfers by the time the, the total um, you know, transfer portal list is updated and we kind of get through all the big name guys. I don't even know if he'll be top five or top 10. So when you think about that and it's like, you, you want to, you know, he, he's a local kid. He's a known commodity. He completely changed the way Auburn played when he, when he was available leading up to the injury, right when he was done, their season tanked. It was just, you know, he would have been a good fit at Kentucky. He could still be a good fit at Kentucky. But I, Sean, I completely agree. I, I think it's a you don't want to just pick whatever is the hot ticket item of that minute. You got to find the th- like Kellen Grady. That was a guy that it didn't matter if he was available three weeks ago or three months from now. That was a guy that if he became available, I think Cal even said in his press release he has proven that he's one of the best players in college basketball right now. We said on the show we got to find somebody that's good enough to be one of the best players in college basketball, but not good enough to be an NBA surefire first round pick right now. We got to find that happy medium right there. And Kellen Grady is exactly the type of guy that we were looking for on that front. And Cal's still looking to, to, to fill out the roster. And it, it may be Justin Powell as that, as that other complimentary piece, but it's, 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 I think it's way too early to say, yep, screw it. Let's come on board. I think, I think it's something that we should, be patient with and just see what else is out there before uh, just jumping the gun on it. And then, yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see if Kentucky does get involved with Kadari Richmond from Syracuse. I think that'll be the one. I know I'm, I'm seeing something from Kyle Tucker right now. It's 120, and he tweeted this at 108 saying that he thinks there will be some interest there, but he just spoke with Richmond and his high school coach, and they said they haven't heard from UK. That doesn't mean they won't, Jack. But there's so many names out there right now that you can't really just pick and pull 
anyone that you think might be on this roster. And I'm not ready to talk about the roster yet. We'll do that in May, June when this thing is set. But with each move, they get closer to leaving this season behind them and not doing that again. And the moves that they make will determine what happens. But you already add two new pieces in Shoeboy and Grady that if you had added those pieces to what they had just two to three weeks ago, would have been good enough to start. Yeah. <laughs> and that that is an upgrade from and I'm I'm not and I know people are going to say, well, BJ Boston was a top 10 kid. Terrence Clark was a top 10 kid. They were, but it did not translate to college basketball. And not that year. With Clark you have a proven track record with Kellen Grady against big time talent that he can play. Now you put him alongside some other pieces that can play and you don't know what happens. Yeah, and I will note on on Kadari uh, Richmond, um, Travis when he when he called me last night, he said that that he would be interested in UK if they offered or ex- extended interest, and al- almost like one of those "Hey, come get me" type conversations. Uh, so I, I think that's definitely you know, whether there's actually contact made as of right now. I don't think Travis has, has confirmed that they're. There has been, um, but I think that would be something that – that would be a big one. I, I think that would be a, a very interesting kind of – he's all potential right now. I mean, not even all potential. I mean, he averaged like 7-4-2 and two this last season. You know, respectable stats. Freshman, he was a, you know, low-end four-star type, type guy this past year, so he wasn't really expected to – amount to much as in in year one he kind of exceeded expectations had plenty of of individual kind of like the, what we see with Jacob Toppin where you know you look at his numbers and they don't show much of anything right now but if you actually watch he passes the eye test 10 times out of 10 that's exactly what Richmond is it was for Syracuse's past year so yeah I I'd, I would definitely uh, watch Travis on that one he he has that recruitment pretty much tied up so whatever he says I, I would definitely trust that one. And I, I'd be, he, he talked me into it on the phone. I did a bunch of research and, and uh, you know, watch a bunch of film on him afterward. And I was a very, very big fan of it. So I am personally hoping that comes to fruition. I think that'd be a great complimentary piece to you know, exactly, exactly what UK is looking for with initiators, guys that can penetrate to the basket and, and, you know, that complimentary piece where you got your shooter, uh, you know, playing, Kellen Grady alongside Dante Allen and having the possibility of Davion Mintz coming back. You have three very good shooters, you know, already set. And then having that Richmond, Richmond as your, you know, kind of initiator and playmaker, I, I think that's a really strong core group of, of players to look after. So, yeah, I, I, I'd be a very, very big fan of that move should it, should it come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. And who else goes into the portal? We don't know. It it will definitely be interesting. Still got coaching changes. Yeah. Like what it, does Texas do? Who does Texas get? I'll go ahead yeah. and tell you now. It's not going to be John Calipari. <laughs> like I but could I, see where I could see where there will be some mutual interest, just giving that it's Texas and they could throw any amount of money. But John Calipari had just landed Kellen Grady, and he's trying to take care of this Kentucky roster. John Calipari is not going to Texas, but I would tell you. Chris Beard, obviously, is one of the favorites. Check. I think Texas needs to take a long look at Kelvin Sampson. I mean, it, it – I really do. I think he would absolutely kill it 
at Texas. I mean, I think it'd be a good fit. I mean, the the proof is in the pudding. Look what they are, where they are right now. Look what he's done. The track record is there. He's highly respected in the coaching ranks. I mean, it would be a good fit. And I think he could. I think he could make a, a he could make quite a a push there. I think that'd yeah. be not saying Chris Beard couldn't, but Houston's in the Final Four right now. Houston had Kentucky beat a couple of years ago too, in NCAA tournament. I would go Samson. Go to the day yesterday. To be I would go Samson. Honestly, I would. But yeah. see, that's those are situations we have to watch. Who leaves from those schools when coaches leave? That this portal is not finished yet. It's what I keep trying to say to people. You don't know who gets fired. What happens here in a few weeks? You don't know. Danny Manning and Olivier Sard didn't enter the portal until May. Danny who declares for the draft? <laughs> who declares for the draft? and then decides they're going back to school, but then enters the portal. Yeah, that's that happens every single year. Yeah. And those are the guys that they're obviously good enough to consider the draft the first time around. So if but, they're just short of, of that draft range, that that's kind of who we're talking about here. But the one thing, too, when it comes to Grady, before we wrap up, I want to say this. What was the one thing that really hurt – with Jamal Baker and Johnny Juzang. Uh, it was homesickness. Well, that, that did. But there was also – you could also say, too, Jack, that they weren't prioritized when it came to class yeah. and it came to roster construction. They were a late addition because they needed what? Shooting. Shooting. How much do you think it helps that Kellen Grady was the first get? He wasn't That's a late true. get. That's true. So I look at it differently when it comes to that. you got to prioritize these pieces, and that is the biggest change with me. And when it was length and athleticism in the past and then shooting just to add it to the roster, and that was the thing. Everybody thought it was just instant shooting because they were on the roster, and then those kids struggled because they didn't do the other things that Calipari was looking for. But you see what Johnny's doing now in the NCAA tournament. Jamal Baker's in the transfer portal again. But could he come back? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going. I'm not even going down there. No. But just looking, I can't play you. But just looking at it and things, I think that's a big takeaway for me. So I will say this too: when it comes to filling out the roster, I don't want to see it just be to fill out the roster. Don't get roster fillers. Go get roster pieces. And that's the thing that I want to see Cal do here in the coming months and weeks. The staff is, don't go get someone just because you need a body at practice. Go get someone that can actually help you and possibly earn a spot on this roster. Or if you want to go for a guy that's development piece, go find a Jacob Toppin. Go find a, a high school kid ranked in the 50s that's decommitted from somewhere and be like, okay, that's a, that's a roster piece that will commit to it and develop. Yeah, I, I I'm think excited about it. I am because I think this is a change for this is this is a new era of Kentucky basketball. It's a new era of college basketball. What happens these next four months will change the way that this game moves forward. Yeah. The portal has impacted it significantly. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think if I were in Cal's shoes right now, I think my two go to pieces would be Tamar Bates um and Kadari Richmond I think those are those are the two guys right now that you get your with, with Bates you get your kind of low end shooter off the bench that's you know he was 
ranked in the seventies and eighties, you know, sixties, depending on where you're looking, you know, he's not a guy that's going to come in and expect to be a grand slam home run from day one. That could be a guy that who trusts Jay Lucas committed to Jay Lucas one time, the first, first time around uh, and, you know, trust him, trust his judgment could say, you know, uh, we want you to be here, but we want you to be here a long time. If you, blow up in year one like Tyler Hero did and uh, like Shade Gildas Alexander did, then shoot, make that next step. But don't come in expecting to leave after year one. We want you to be a long-term developmental piece. Uh, I think that'd be one hell of a get. And then, and then obviously um, there's a lot of a, a lot of strong buzz about Kadari Richmond and, and where he would be in the draft next year. And, and kind of he, he feels like that one guy that you watch in college basketball that blows up from year one to year two and turns into a can't-miss you know, lottery pick in, in you know the second year on campus. So that'd definitely be another name to uh, be excited about if you're a Kentucky fan. So, yeah, I, I think that's where I'm leaning right now, but the portal's changing every single day. New names being added, new names being taken away. It's going to be a very, very busy next couple of weeks and couple of months. Also, don't pay attention to every single thing that you see on Twitter. That's what I would say to people. Go to the people that you know have been in the fire before. I think that's a very, uh, very safe call on that front. All right, Sean, before we get out of here, let's have uh, one quick message from our friends at UKFCU. The University of Kentucky Federal Credit Union has been a proud partner of the Big Blue Nation for over 80 years as a locally owned business. We are a proud supporter of the University of Kentucky Wildcats and all its fans. Whether you are a UK employee, student, or fan, there's a place for you at UKFCU. We are a full-service financial institution offering a wide array of products from checking and savings accounts to credit cards and mortgages. And with your accounts, you have access to new and improved mobile and online banking with enhanced features apple pay and google pay and over 65,000 free atms all while typically offering better interest rates on deposits and loans and having fewer fees on your accounts ukfcu has all the perks of a big bank but we are local and right there at home so come on over and learn more about what ukfcu can offer you visit ukfcu.org to learn more go big blue membership eligibility required federally insured by f by ncua all right sean with that, we will get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email, uh, JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we will be back next time for another Jam Pack Source to Say podcast. We will see you then. Oh,